you, thank you, musicians. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. People of the tundra, you doing okay? Adventures in parking is where we're at right now. Actually, I didn't think this was open right here, Idaho Street, uh, until some people like you. Forget the signs. We're just going to park there. And <laughs> All right. It's all, it works for me. Uh, good to have you. If you're joining us online, welcome to all of you as well. We are blessed to have you with us. We pray that you find a blessing in today's service. Uh, look to the person next to you if you got someone. We're the Church of the Warm Heart. and Give them a fun smile. Fun smile. Not a creepy smile. Fun smile. All right, I think we got our, our hearts all warmed up. Let's stand and sing our praises to God.
Let's remain standing for a moment. I was, I was in college and I was working at a church and uh, we got the newspaper. If you remember what newspapers were, we got a newspaper and an article on the inside said, um, did Jesus ever say the Lord's Prayer? And I remember thinking, like, I was 22, like, I was just aghast, like, what do you, what do you mean did Jesus say the Lord's Prayer? It's, it's the Lord, it's, 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 God is, it's God is name on it, right? Well, the prayer could be found in two different sections of the Bible, Matthew and Luke, and I say versions because they're different. Similar, but they have different words. And uh, what they share in both Matthew and Luke are different than what we say in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, what we have today in the Lord's Prayer is a distillation over the centuries of adapting Jesus' thoughts and minds into a prayer. And it's changed. Uh, do we say trespasses? Do we say debts? Uh, that has splintered some churches in the, in the past. Uh, the Catholics, they have their version. We have ours. Uh, sometimes when I'm doing a, a wedding or a funeral and we do the Lord's Prayer, I can find the Lutherans because they go on and on with the Lord's Prayer when we're all done. Uh, forever and ever. Amen. They kind of have a little twist at the end. The Catholics even changed it this a uh, uh, couple years ago. Instead of um, don't lead us, in, lead us not into temptation, uh, which kind of sounds like God is bringing us here. Let me lead you into temptation. Uh, they changed it to let us not fall into temptation. But what I really appreciate about the prayer is this. It's, it's the first word. What's the, what's the, I can't remember. What's the first word of the Lord's Prayer? Our. Not my. Not me. Not I. Our. When I pray the Lord's Prayer, it, it, it reminds me that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with something bigger. I tune into something larger than myself. My mind expands. My heart expands. Like the Grinch at Christmas to include others. It's not give me this daily bread. Uh, it's give us. It's not forgive me. It's forgive us. We're all in this together. Now what we recite might not be verbatim what Jesus said. But it's an authentic translation in the spirit of what he taught. So let's recite this ancient but not so ancient prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's greet those around us in Christian love.
right. I think I saw a kiddo back there. I wanna, he's going he's gonna to be the star attraction today. Come on down. Now we got some kids watching online as well. You can do this. You got this. Good. Looking good there, Pikachu. All right, I need your help. It's been a while since I've talked to God. I, want me to, I got my fancy schmancy pencil to talk to God. Do you think God will take a number two pencil? It's number two. You think so? All right. I even got my fancy paper, fancy schmancy paper. Nothing, nothing but the best, right? So let's see. How would I start a letter to God? Should I, should I say, dear God? Should I say, dear omnipotent, fantastic, wonderful God? Should I call him Yahweh, which is his old, old-timey name? Jehovah? Does it matter? Doesn't matter, does it? Dear God. I'll even use cursive so he knows it's important. Yeah. I don't, hopefully God could read cursive. They don't teach it in schools nowadays. He knows, how to, he knows how to read cursive? That's good. Teach my 20-year-old how to read it because he can't read it. He got a Christmas card from, from a, a birthday. He got a birthday card from grandma and it was cursive and 20 years old. Dad, could you read this? I'm like, she's been sending you cards for 20 years. And he goes, well, I just figured I knew what it said. So like, dear God, what should I say? Dear God, what's a good prayer to say? What would be a good thing? What would you say to God? What would you say to God? Thank you. That is a fantastic two word prayer, by the way. Thank you. I love you. I could write that. Love you. <gasps> Help me. <laughs> Some of the best prayers are two-word prayers. Thank you. Help me. <laughs> Those are the two most common prayers that I that I give. Uh, yeah, John Wesley, who founded the Methodist Church, he said, "Keep your prayers short and to the point." Love you. I love that one. Love you. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So that looks like a nice prayer, doesn't it? Love you, Christian. All right. I better sign it. Yeah. In case he forgot my name. Do do, do you think he forgot my name? No. Scripture even says he knows my name. All right. I'm going to fold it up. I need to mail it. Where do I mail this to? Man, what what would God's address be? I don't even know my own address sometimes. It's one of those long ones. Someone at the first service said you could write it to heaven. Post, post people will figure it out. Like, all right. They can figure out Santa Claus. They can figure out heaven. There we go. Yeah. Now you're just making up numbers. <laughs> He'll figure that out. Did you know that God, God lives in heaven? And God lives in his creation? And the Bible says that he also lives in your heart. And in your heart, and in your heart, and in your heart, and in your heart. Even those, even those hearts over there. You know what? I probably don't even need to write a letter, do I? That's the neat thing about God. Is that since he is, he is closer to us than our very breath, the Bible says. That we could just, we could just say something and God hears. Matter of fact, we could even just think, Lord, I don't even have the words. Can you put them together for me? And he knows the meaning of our heart. 
but he wants to hear from us. Today's service is all about prayer, where we got some of our prayers and what it does. And, and uh, I hope that sometime this week that you can just say, dear God, thank you. Love you. Help me. Whatever prayer you need, he's there. Let's pray. God above, we give thanks for the, for the little ones that as they grow in love and godliness, that they might know of your love. They might know of your peace. They might know of your joy and the fact that they can come to you anytime with whatever need, whatever problem, whatever praise. And you are there. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down. I think she's going to leave you. There you go. As we come to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate to the giving of, of, of your, your sweat, your, your time, your energy, to the ministries of this church. You make this place happen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today's scripture reading is from James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3 and 6 through 10. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask... You do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your, on your pleasures. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn and wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Judy. So we're in the beginnings of a sermon series. It's about 12 weeks long, looking at practices of Christian
discipleship. It'll take us all the way up to Easter. The first four that we're going to look at are all the the things that we do inwardly. So two weeks ago, the last time we had church, we did meditation. And we actually practiced with a meditation. Uh, So we'll have prayer, fasting, study. And today's the sermon on prayer. Now, I'll be honest, I've been doing this 25, 26 years, and I have a lot of sermons on prayer, and they all kind of sound the same. So I want to try something, I want to try something different today. Can I hear a gasp? (gasps) Something different. So today's sermon is going to be split between little vignettes. I got about five of them here. Uh, We did one at the Lord's Prayer, just kind of a a history, if you will, of, of how we got the prayer. And so we're going to take a look at four or five prayers this morning. Instead of me just preaching about prayer, I want to give you prayers that you've probably heard before. Share where they came from and if they have anything to say to us today. Okay. So the first prayer we're going to take a look at, it's called the serenity prayer. Maybe you've heard it. And it came out of World War II. Uh, I remember a few years ago watching, uh, watching the news and they, they were showing some uh, survivors of the Auschwitz prison camp go back for the 75th anniversary of their liberation. And they went through those doors again. You could see the tears coming down their face of even remembering something from 75 years ago. I never want to live through such a time. But uh, some of you have. And in the darkest depths of that war, there was a German-born immigrant here in the U.S., uh, Reinhold Niebuhr. He was preaching and teaching at Union Theological Seminary in New York, and he was just horrified at what was going on in his homeland. And, and out of this, he, um, he wrote a prayer during these dark days to help guide those who were facing tough times. And born out of darkness and despair, this little prayer, he, uh, he wrote it in the summertime. He and his family went to Massachusetts for part of the summer, and they went to a little tiny church in Massachusetts, and he, and he just humbly shared the prayer with, with, with the priest, uh, the pastor, uh, Lutheran, uh, uh, Reinhold Niebuhr, German, uh, Lutheran pastor, and he shared the prayer, and the pastor says, could I, could I read this today? Like, yeah, you can. And so it was read that, that, that Sunday morning. Out in the, in the pews, there was a guest who had never been to that church before, but he was in the area. And uh, he came up after the service, and he, and he says, I, I'm, I'm from overseas, and I work with a group called the Council of Churches. It's an organization still alive today. And I, I like that prayer. Could I, could I use that prayer? So on a fluke, this prayer that wasn't supposed to go anywhere, uh, out-of-state guy came in, gave the prayer, and another someone from overseas heard the prayer and said, can I use it? He wanted to put it in the book of prayers and services for the armed forces for the fighting men and women overseas. Unreal, actually. This was written by a German, uh, and it was used for the Allies in World War II. Since then, it's been co-opted by 12-step groups and is probably familiar to you with its prayer for serenity, courage, and wisdom. When Niebuhr saw the people were struggling with politics and war of this day, he wrote a prayer. It's lengthy. We're just going to read a small portion of it, but probably the most famous part of that prayer together. Would you please read with me? God, 
Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Second prayer. I can get my sheets. Another history lesson. Can I, can I see you roll your eyes at the history lessons? Oh, some of you like this. All right, we'll go with it. 13th century. Francis was born in Italy to have everything. His father was a wealthy merchant. He lived a life of luxury, he, and he lived it out. Uh, partied hardy every, every week and just enjoyed his friends and family and, and whatever debauchery he could find himself Self in. But in February 1209, he found himself at Mass. Now, this is, this is uh, Latin. This is, this is Catholicism now. And uh, he, he knew Latin, but he, and he heard the scripture. And he thought he heard it right, but he wasn't sure. So afterwards, after the service, he went up to the priest and said, Could you read that for me again? You see, he couldn't go read it at home. They didn't have Bibles. The printing press has not been made yet. So there's a Bible in every town. It's at the church. So you have to go ask the priest, what does this say? And the priest read it for him again. And Francis knew that he had heard it correctly. The call of Christ to go into the world without gold, silver, or copper in your pocket, without an extra shirt, without extra sandals, or a walking stick. Go out and serve the poor, the lame, the lost. And he said, this is what I've been looking for. And something touched his heart, and that he, that's what he did. He left his inheritance behind, let, let, let go of the, of, of the linen clothes he was wearing, and he donned the, the, the rough and rabble uh, wool jacket uh, that the poor wore. And he went barefoot, and he served the leper colony over here. And he served the poor over here, and he fed the hungry over here. He was raising funds over here to help the people over there. And this was just him by himself. And then other people started following, like, follow, like, like Forrest Gump. He had a following right behind him. And soon they had several hundred. And, so, and they were just out there serving. And so he called, he, he called, he wrote the Pope and says, you know, how can, how can we be of service? And the Pope said, you know, don't, 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 worry, don't bother. You're too small to, for us to worry about. A couple years later, he's got 5,000 people now behind him doing his thing. Just serving and caring. And the Pope took notice and the Pope says, hi, I have, I have a job for you. And Francis says, nope, you had your chance. Just leave us alone. Let us serve. Let us care. And the Franciscans were born still to this day. Across the world, you'll find Franciscan monks doing the same thing. There's a prayer out there called the prayer of St. Francis. I thought he wrote it. Turns out he did not. But it was written about 100 years ago, just over, uh, in another world war, World War I, the war to end all wars. Uh, millions were dying on the battlefield. Millions more were dying from hunger, disease, and hardship. And in a small little abbey in, in France, someone wrote, the, we don't even know who wrote the poem, uh, but it was written and it was shared on a Sunday. And the priest of that day uh, found the poem, uh, sent it off to the Pope and said, this would be good for Europe to hear right now during the war. And, uh, and, and it took off. It, again, he didn't write it. St. Francis didn't write it. St. Francis of Assisi. But it's inspired by him. So his name is on it. Let us pray this prayer together.
Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Anyone ever hear that one before? I'm just curious. All right. This one is also a famous one, but not quite as known as, as, as St. Francis. We got to go back to St. Patrick. Believe it or not, St. Patty's Day is only two months away. Uh, the thought of green and, 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 and spring, just, it just makes my heart glad right now. But uh, it was 800 years before Francis, 433, uh, springtime. Uh, there was an ancient Irish feast to celebrate spring, uh, the Feast of Beltane. The setting was at an ancient Irish heritage site, the Hill of Tara, right there. This was the place of kings. And every spring, the kings would, would come, the king would come. And their, their tradition was uh, to, to start the celebration, to start the party. Uh, a huge bonfire on top of the hill would be lit by the king. And all around the hill and all, all it, you know, in the bon, other bonfires would start, but they all had to wait on the king. On another hill, in view of this one, is a hill called Slain Hill. St. Patrick was over there, and he had his followers, and they wanted to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Easter, 433, 400th anniversary of Easter, and so they, they themselves started a bonfire, and they started a bonfire, and over on the other hill where the king was, he looked out and said, whoa. No one's supposed to start a fire until I light my fire. And he sent some soldiers over there to take care of the problem. Put out their fire, kill the one who started it. So Patrick and his followers, they're up there doing their Easter thing. And then all these soldiers are starting to come. And all the, they didn't have weapons. They didn't have a way to defend themselves. So they, they were waiting for the inevitable. And they started singing a hymn. And for whatever reason whether it was the music or whether it was inspiration or whether it was God's intervention, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of Irish deer come out of the woods and block the path of the soldiers. Do you want to mess with that one? I don't want to that one, right? Uh, a whole ton of these. And, and Patrick, being the brave and mighty guy he was, like, all right, it's time for us to go this way. And they, they got out of there. Uh, to, 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 to uh, ministry another day. Some of the soldiers actually became Christians because of this intervention. Uh, later on, the king himself would, would convert. But uh, this little miracle, uh, they, they wrote a song out of it. Uh, we call it Slain Hill for where it took place. Uh, it also goes by another name, The Deer's Cry, from the story. Uh, it kind of goes like this. You heard of this one? Yeah, it came from this, from this thing. And a lot of the words of, of this poem 
we still have, and we call it St. Patrick's Breastplate. If you ever go to Ireland, St. Patrick Church, you'll see it all written out there. But it's a long poem and prayer. We'll just recite a few lines of it today. You'll notice the uh, St. Patrick Irish Trinity thing uh, in there. Would you please read with me? Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ at my right, Christ at my left. Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks to me. Christ in every eye that sees me. Christ in every ear that hears me. I bind to myself today the strong virtue of an invocation of the Trinity. I believe in the Trinity through the unity of the creator of the universe. Amen. All right, last one. Last one I'll do today. And it's a good one for last time because it's one we say at night or at bedtime. So let me, let me depress you for a minute as if these other prayers of wars and men are, uh, weren't, wasn't depressing enough. So it was the 1700s, and it was a little scary to be a kid in the 1700s. Uh, kiddo in the back, close your ears. You don't want to hear this. Uh, 13%, these, these numbers just baffle me, and they break my heart. 13% of babies didn't make it out of the first few days. 36% of kids died before the age of six, and another 24 between the ages of, of seven and 16. Half of all kids didn't make it to puberty. Since then, the risk of death of children has fallen around the world. God bless it. The global average today is 10 times lower than it was just a century ago. And in countries with good health care, we're 174 times better off than we were back in 1900. Although the sadness still happens sometimes. But back in the, in the 17th century, uh, eight, eight, it was 1886. And the Puritans were all running up and down New England, like think pilgrim times. All the Puritans doing their stuff. And the only book that they could teach kids out of, according to the law, was the Bible. There were no children's books. There were no happy-go-lucky. There were no cat in the hats. There was no Dick and Jane. It was just Bible. And a printer wanted to make a children's book, a kind of a primer, if you will. And uh, the laws that they said, he, he, he went to the people in charge and said, I, I want to do this book. And they said, you have to use Bible themes. And he wrote something called the New England Primer. And it was, it was for a hundred years, it was the book taught to kids uh, to learn all their ABCs, to learn everything. And, but he had to keep the, the themes of the day. This is, this, is how he t- this is how he taught the ABCs. Okay, or just, this, this is not the prayer. I just kind of, I want to lead up to the prayer. This is how he taught the ABCs. A, in Adam's fall, we sinned all. Yeah, we're not going to do all the letters. Uh, but the, the, you, you'll catch the theme. C, the cat doth play and after flay. In other words, the cat's going to play with the thing and then <laughs> eat it. The idle fool is whipped at school. This is, this is taken straight out of the... Uh, uh, out of the book with their, with their pictures. Uh, what's our next one? Oh, jump to T. Time cuts down all, both great and small. We don't live forever. 
X, Xerxes out of the Bible. Xerxes, the great did die, and so must you and I. <laughs> Why? Youth forward flips, slips. Uh, F, F, if you see an old, old language beep book, F is actually S. That's, that's how they pronounce the S back then. Youth forward slips, death sooneth nips. Translation, uh, youth may cheer, death may be near. They taught this stuff, first graders. What kind, how messed up are you going to be to hear, <laughs> dude, you're going you're gonna to be so lucky if you make it to puberty. Yeah, good luck. We're not betting on you. Uh, but the primer also had a prayer that kind of shared the same motif of, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We've softened it over the years. Kind of put a positive spin on it, but I want to share the old-timey prayer because it, it, it is a, remain, a reminder about the sacredness of life, living in the shadow of God's wings because you just never know what the future is going to bring. And some of you might know which prayer this is. Would you pray with me now? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. If I should live for other days, I pray the Lord to guide my ways. Amen. Of course, the most important prayer is the one that you have. Whatever your prayer is today, I hope that you find some time today, tomorrow, and this week just to to touch base with God. And it might be that short little prayer. Thank you. Help me. Love you, whatever it is that you need. He wants to hear from us. He wants to guide you. He wants to answer prayer. And the family of God said, Amen. As you're willing and able, let's stand for our closing song. A beautiful one. Okay, while we're waiting, everybody raise their right hand. Right hand. I know this is, yeah, right hand. Everybody, oh, yeah, wait. Yeah, your right hand. Okay, everybody raise your left hand. Turn around. All the way around. All the way around. Okay, I just want everyone awake and smiling, and I'm the only one up here singing. (laughs) So I want to hear your loud voices. Singing is joyful for me. It makes my heart warm, and I hope it makes your heart warm.
service on prayer, we should probably close with one as well. So this is taken out of the book of Numbers, out of the first five books of the, uh, the Bible, the book of Numbers, chapter 6. It's called the Priestly Blessing. Many synagogues, many churches close their service with this blessing. The fancy part of this service is called the Benediction. Benediction. If you know Latin or even Spanish, French, uh, bene means Good. Diction means word, phrase, benediction, good word. Someone told me a long time ago when I was a kid that benediction means Latin for we are almost done. And I found out later that it means good word, the good word that we give to each other. So we're going to use this out of Numbers chapter 6, the priestly blessing. Maybe you've heard me say it before, but let's pray it together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace.